Creativity tip number 10. Don't be afraid to steal. While I was working on the recent Robert Johnson episodes of the show, I stumbled on a curious problem. And it really stopped me in my tracks for a while and got me thinking. Here's the problem. At what point is inspiration plagiarism? Where is the line? If an existing artist's work inspires your own work, is that plagiarism? How do we define the line? Does the new work you create have to be 60% your own, 70%, 80%? Copyright law presents the argument that there is a line, sometimes upon which millions of dollars in settlements and court cases can be filed. And those cases exist. Check out the case surrounding Robin Thicke's song, Blurred Lines. The claim was that the song Blurred Lines, released in 2013, was inspired by Marvin Gaye's song Got to Give It Up, released in 1977. Marvin Gaye's estate sued Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams, who wrote and produced the song. What was the result? Gaye's estate won, and they scored $5 million in damages. Now, what's outrageous to me is that the argument of the case wasn't that the melody, harmony, or lyrics were a ripoff of Marvin Gaye's song. The claim was that the feel or tone of the songs was close enough, and that Pharrell Williams had gone on record in an interview and claimed that Got to Give It Up was a direct inspiration for Blurred Lines. The fallout of that case effectively ended Robin Thicke's career, but aside from that, the implication here is just maddening. It would seem that the line of copyright law is always in flux. It's in flux because every medium you could plagiarize in has its own rule set and norms. So there's nothing universal which applies across all mediums. That's a problem. I mean, that's a problem that presents countless opportunities for ridiculous lawsuits like that one. But it's also always in flux because the definitions of what constitutes art change over time. And so we have a problem. When is inspiration plagiarism? Let's backtrack. So I was researching the Robert Johnson episodes, those being episodes 15 and 16. And more than once, I ran into statements by music journalists saying that Led Zeppelin stole almost all their songs from old blues singers that came from the Mississippi Delta. Singers who often existed during the same time period and place as Robert Johnson. For example, Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love has elements from Muddy Waters' You Need Love. Or one of my favorite Zeppelin tunes, When the Levee Breaks, is actually a knockoff of a 1929 song also called When the Levee Breaks, by Kansas Joe and Memphis Minnie. But it doesn't stop at Led Zeppelin. Then there's even the Beatles. For example, with their song Her Majesty, it bears an uncanny resemblance to Robert Johnson's song They're Red Hot. And the list of these types of grievances, it could go on and on, perhaps putting forth arguments that musicians have been ripping off Delta Blues music for decades. What about the case of the electronic music producer, Moby, who shot into stardom with his first album largely through its distinctive sampling of old Mississippi blues folk recordings? 
For example, the Moby song, Natural Blues, is built on the backbone of the a cappella recording of the singer Vera Hall and the song she sang called Trouble So Hard. How do you reconcile the fact that Moby's version of the song was used to sell fancy cars while Vera Hall is singing a spiritual about the impossibly hard life of being a black person in the Deep South during the slavery and Jim Crow years? Kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But in terms of the music, is sampling plagiarism? If we go down that route, isn't inspiration a form of sampling? You see, and we are running in circles. Here's the core of the problem. Art is lawless, and that is one of its greatest strengths. It is without limitations. It is unreasonable. And the time spent being an artist is often wildly impractical. Art is lawless. And I don't care for the claim that it's always white artists stealing from black musicians. You know, white artists steal from white musicians too. That's not all though. Black musicians steal from white artists and black musicians steal from black musicians. The truth is all great artists steal. And often we steal from the best. Moby used Vera Hall's recording of Trouble So Hard because it's a damn good a cappella. The only thing I'm surprised about is that somebody else didn't use it before him. Though I do wish Vera Hall had been properly paid for the sample so her family would be set for life, but that's a different topic. This became all the more clear when I looked more closely at Robert Johnson's songs. Take his beloved song, Come On In My Kitchen. He lifted the melody from the song, Sitting On Top Of The World. He repurposed it, gave it more personal lyrics, and made it his own. Or Robert's song, Stop Breaking Down, such a staple of his legacy that even Jack White famously covers it in the White Stripes' first album. Yet, in reality, the chorus of Stop Breaking Down is borrowed from a 1927 song by the Virginia bluesman Luke Jordan. Or take Robert's song Malted Milk. In this one, he is clearly trying to emulate the guitar playing of one of his guitar idols, Lonnie Johnson. We have to be careful looking at this from our modern, western, capitalistic point of view, because we may fall into the trap of calling this stealing. I think copyright law has had a strange and lasting effect on our cultural understanding of what creative ownership is on an original work. Try to imagine, how did creativity behave before copyright law started? Humans have been making music, art, and making inventions for thousands of years. Do you really think a folk singer in 1700 was concerned about lifting a melody from a popular tune and using it as his own? Probably not. In fact, the audience he was playing for probably loved hearing a familiar melody dressed up in a new context. Creativity doesn't follow the rules. Art is lawless. Creativity doesn't consult the local copyright laws before moving forward with an innovation. And so, I want to make this clear. We need to be careful about assuming creativity is supposed to be limited by copyright law. What about the explosion of creativity we saw in rap music 
in the 1970s, when sampling existing songs from vinyl records first started. Similar situation. You take an existing work and you breathe new life into it. We can then jump even further back to the 1400s with Leonardo da Vinci. He didn't have a rap career, uh, but hear me out. One of his most famous illustrations is the Vitruvian Man, the one that depicts a nude man with his arms and legs outstretched, extending into a circle and a square. As timeless as that image is, Leonardo stole it. It is called the Vitruvian Man because the first artist to attempt that composition was the Italian artist Vitruvius. Uh, but of course, when you compare the two versions, Leonardo's is clearly superior. Leonardo saw Vitruvius's attempt at something magnificent and novel, and he admired the composition. But then he took it, and he made it his own. This is how creativity works. It builds off of existing foundations. It reinvents and reframes existing influences. Once a few hundred years of history add up in any given medium, all art starts to be self-referential. It's inevitable. By that, I mean that any artist that learns the history of their given medium will inevitably build their masterpieces on the magnificent relics of the past artists in that medium. You can see this even in writing, when authors reimagine a Shakespeare play, but in a modern context. Creativity breathes new life into the old and makes it new again. So, if you are creative, no matter your industry or craft, I say, don't be afraid of stealing. Don't worry that a great idea is someone else's idea. Really, you should be stealing. Just steal from the best and make it your own. Now, just don't go telling a magazine about it or a podcast or a YouTube channel. In closing, the poet T.S. Eliot famously said, Immature poets imitate, mature poets steal. Bad poets deface what they take, and good poets make it into something better, or at least something different. Unquote. This has been Creative Codex, creativity tip number 10. If you'd like to hear all the creativity tips, just head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash mjdorian, m-j-d-o-r-i-a-n. Until next time, remember what Pablo Picasso said, good artists borrow, great artists steal.